As most residents in Taiwan know, they can buy a package of nine face masks every 14 days for 45 NT from government-certified pharmacies. That's the rate set by the government in its mask rationing scheme. Now there's good news. Starting in January, people will be able to purchase a package of 10 masks for 40 NT. This drop in price is the result of relaxed restrictions on mask sales on the free market. When the government first instituted its mask purchasing system using the National Health Insurance Card, long queues were an everyday occurrence. However, with the epidemic under control domestically and the government's easing of restrictions on mask sales, the queues have gone. Now the Food and Drug Administration is planning to lower the price of masks sold in this system. The ration will be increased without raising the price. So for 40 NT dollars, you can purchase 10 masks every 14 days. The prices on the free market are declining. Some places even sell masks masks for less than the government's price per mask of $5 NT. Based on the way the trend is moving, prices of masks will become more reasonable and return to their earlier levels. Demand for masks is expected to rise with the government's new epidemic prevention scheme for the fall and winter season, which will kick off in December when masks will be required in eight types of venues. The price for both adult and children's masks will be lowered. Every 14 days, people will be able to purchase one package of 10 masks for 40 NT dollars, which amounts to 4 NT dollars a mask, a saving of 1 NT dollar compared with the current price. Moreover, all the packaging will be done ahead of their distribution, saving pharmacists' labour. The new scheme will be implemented January 1st at the earliest. The packaging will make a big difference for pharmacists in terms of saving time. Currently, for every 200 persons, a pharmacist spends, at the very least, two hours putting masks into packages. And that's not counting the transaction time. However, wearing masks is only one kind of prevention measure. The root of the problem can only be fixed by vaccines. Some experts are of the opinion that children will not get priority in receiving vaccines, since kids tend not to be severely sick compared with adults after being infected with COVID-19. In the current fight against the pandemic, there are a few cases of children passing the disease to others. The disease is mainly spread from adult to adult. The University of Oxford's latest findings have also revealed that people who have been infected by the coronavirus are immune for at least six months. All such information will be helpful as COVID-19 vaccines come to fruition. One in two adult Taiwanese are overweight or obese. That's according to the Health Promotion Administration. It says the proportion of the population with a BMI of over 24, which indicates a person is overweight, reached 47 percent, a record high. Let's hear what a Taipei doctor had to say about this. We know that with obesity, the first thing that causes it is eating more while exercising less. The current environment and the ease of living also play a role. Previously, people probably needed to walk long distances to go to class. Now there are the MRT and buses. So the first thing is that people's physical activities have been reduced. Secondly, the consumption of sugary drinks is excessive. 
The doctors stress that in addition to genetic factors, the causes of obesity are mainly related to diet, the amount of exercise a person gets, and overall lifestyle. Aside from having a balanced diet, more exercise is needed to combat obesity so as to avoid reduced immunity, which may lead to disease. Starting 2023, Taiwan citizens will get the chance to have their say in the judicial system. Earlier this year, the legislative yuan passed the Citizen Judges Act, which lets everyday people join professional judges in deciding court cases. This change has been decades in the making, and advocates say it will improve the judicial system. But its critics think Taiwan isn't quite ready. Who's right? Who's wrong? You decide. Here's our Sunday special report. Two years ago, a man from Taoyuan, surnamed Liang, killed and decapitated his mother, later throwing her severed head from the 12th floor of a building. In August 2020, the high court found the man not guilty on grounds that he was on drugs at the time of the incident. Mr. Liang was released. When cathinone is at its strongest, it can hinder one's capacity to recognize and behave. So actions under that influence can't be penalized. Following the legislation regarding injury, this court can only declare him not guilty. The not guilty verdict was met with outrage from the general public. How can it be that he lost his mind for such a long time, yet still had the capacity to recognize where her neck was? Figure a way to hack it off, take the head upstairs, and throw it out the building. Did this all happen in his madness? I don't buy it. Internet users lambasted the ruling. Censure was directed toward the dinosaur judges for being out of touch with reality. One comment read, "These dinosaur judges are so very learned; their heads have burned out." Others said the judges lacked compassion, and said there was a lack of oversight over their rulings. Controversies aren't new to Taiwan's judiciary. Over the years, public faith in the courts has become strained. For a long time, let's be honest and acknowledge it. Public opinion regarding the judicial system hasn't been great. Many people are unwilling to trust the judiciary. Even in polls conducted by the judicial yuan, maybe only about 40% of people say they trust the justice system. It really is a big problem. The courts are meant to be the last line of defense for justice in society, but in Taiwan, the verdicts of judges have met outcry again and again. Some critics say the problem is that judges jump from law school straight into the legal system without experiencing society firsthand. Another problem could be that judges often have similar backgrounds. You can have three judges or five judges or just one. But if you look at their opinions, you'll find that since their education and training were the same, their observations are also very similar. What makes the divide even greater is the complexities of legalese and court procedures, which can alienate the general public. The judiciary is too far removed from the people. I remember there was once a taxi driver who, upon learning that I was a lawyer, asked me, "Mr. Lawyer, could you look through this verdict? Did I win or lose?" I asked, "You can't read the verdict. Let me have a look." I said, "This is a civil lawsuit. The plaintiff's appeal has been overruled. You won." He said, "If I won, why don't they just write that I won the case? That way, I would actually understand what it says. I don't understand all this fancy language." 
This isn't just the opinion of one taxi driver. A lot of people share similar feelings. Should we reform this sort of system? I think so. After many years of calls for judicial reform, change finally arrived this year. A new legal system was announced and will soon take effect in Taiwan. In July 2020, the Legislative Yuan passed the Citizen Judges Act, marking the advent of a new era for the judiciary. What we hope to achieve with the introduction of this new system is first, the extinction of dinosaur judges, second, the extinction of keyboard warriors. We hope that the verdicts made by both citizen judges and professional judges can be more in line with one another. In August this year, 70 teachers from schools all over Taiwan took part in a mock trial held by the Judicial Yuan. Their mission was to learn how to be a citizen judge. The citizen judge system introduces a new civic duty, which you are obliged to fulfill unless you qualify for an exemption. For instance, if you are over 70, or if you are a teacher or a student, you can decline to serve as a citizen judge. If you have no such reason, you must carry out your duty. Presiding over a trial as a citizen judge can seem like a daunting task for many people. Some wonder how they'll be able to pass muster with no expertise or knowledge on the law. What this system needs most is precisely people who don't understand the law. In the legal system, there are trials, investigations, and discussions. Prosecutors, lawyers, and judges can explain those things. We want to incorporate people from other fields, bringing opinions from non-legal experts. A system similar to Taiwan citizen judges was implemented in Japan in 2009. In the 10 years since lay judges were introduced, the number of death penalty rulings has decreased. Lay judges were also more likely to opt for heavy penalties in sexual assault cases. In certain murder cases, lay judges were more likely to choose suspended sentences. Why would murder case defendants be given suspended sentences? Let's take a look at cases with suspended sentences. Taiwan nowadays is an aged society. It's all seniors taking care of seniors. Maybe they've been caring for each other for decades and they are physically and mentally tired of it. They may have thought there is no way forward. They are under psychological pressure and extreme stress, so they go for the kill. When their case is taken to a court with citizen participation, lay judges tend to be more understanding of their situation. But the citizen judge system is not without flaws. Civic groups say that since citizen judges don't have a background in law, they may be unduly swayed by the three professional judges present in court. Would we be influenced by the presiding judge or by the opinions of other judges? I think to a certain extent, yes. But the deliberation process puts the comments from professional judges last. Citizen judges share the thoughts before them. I think to some extent that diminishes the influence of the professional judges.
Say there is a professional judge who tends to lean toward guilty verdicts, who is careless, or who tends not to value human rights, or even one whose strings have been pulled, who's been bribed. All these judges still exist in Taiwan. In such a court, wouldn't a citizen-judge system simply serve as a public endorsement of these judges? Isn't that problematic? That's what we are concerned about. Another worry is whether taking part in trials could put citizen judges in danger. It's happened in Japan that a mobster came to watch a trial about a mafia fight that lay judges were participating in. After court was adjourned, the mobster went up to them and said, must be hard work, make sure you make a good judgment. They were scared to death. So in the end, the trial was presided over by professional judges only, because the lay judges felt that it was too stressful. The Central Police University professor says the government must create supporting measures so that the public feels comfortable when called to be a citizen judge. He says it's the only way that the system can endure. We absolutely have to ensure that the citizen judges who take part are not hunted down, threatened or bribed. Secondly, to get people to sit and listen during the process, we need trials to be simple to follow, clear and fast. The third thing is the ruling itself. We have to put citizen judges at ease, assure them that their rulings aren't wrong and that they aren't to blame. Taiwan's judicial system allows appeals in higher courts, meaning a first ruling can potentially be overturned in a second trial. Some wonder whether the rulings made in a citizen judge trial could simply be overruled by professional judges in an appeal. It already costs a lot of money and time to get citizen judges to take part in the first trial, so its results should be respected. If there is an appeal, judges should consider the case in greater depth before overruling the results of the first trial. It can't be like before where the judge could just decide, I don't like it, so I'll overturn it. The judicial system has always had a venerable place in society. This year's reforms are expected to have a far-reaching impact. But for there to be progress, everyone must be prepared to do their part. Good weather made itself felt Sunday morning across the island, with temperatures in the central or southern regions reaching as high as 34 degrees. But it was short-lived. The Central Weather Bureau says Monday will be noticeably cooler with the arrival of northeasterly winds. When we look at the high temperatures, they will only reach 23 to 24 degrees in northern Taiwan. That's a drop of 7 to 8 degrees compared with today. Tomorrow from early in the morning, everyone will feel a complete weather change. The change in temperatures will be quite drastic. The CWB says warmer weather won't be felt until after Wednesday. However, on Friday, another weather front from the northeast is expected to usher in lows of 18 to 19 degrees in the central, northern and northeastern regions. Open areas could even see lows of 16 degrees. Temperatures in the central and southern regions will also dip beneath 30 degrees.